have been discussing the question, what do we know about the loving kindness and mercy of God from the Bible? And we have seen in the first place that God possesses an inner disposition toward guilty sinners of overflowing love and kindness, and that his mercies are beyond measure. In the first place, we saw that these mercies were manifested in God's long-suffering and forbearance with rebellious man, in that God has been slow to execute the righteous indignation which has been stirred up in his great heart. We were in process of reading scriptures to show how badly God feels concerning man's sin, so that we may better evaluate what is involved in God's long-suffering in extending patience and prolonged consideration to man in his overtures of mercy. And so we come to the prophet Nahum, where we read in his first chapter and verse 2 these words, God is jealous, and the Lord revengeth. The Lord revengeth and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries, and he reserveth wrath for his enemies. But the Lord is slow to anger, and great in power, and will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord hath his way in the whirlwind and in the storm, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. And in verse 6, Who can stand before his indignation? And who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire, and the rocks are thrown down by him. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. But with an overrunning flood he will make an utter end of the place thereof, and the darkness shall pursue his enemies. Then we come to the New Testament, where we read in Romans chapter 1 and verse 18, this very positive assertion. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, or who hold down the truth that is perpetually manifesting itself in one way or another in unrighteousness, by unwillingness to comply with the truth of God. And so the wrath of God has been provoked by man's sin. And then in the second chapter of Romans, and verses 5 and 6, But after thy hardness and impenitent heart treasureth up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath, and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his deeds. And so it is man's hard and impenitent heart that treasures up wrath in God's nature. It is profound long-suffering in the nature of God that allows this to be treasured up without immediately being executed. And so with this background of the intensity of God's reactions against sin, we can now better appreciate the patience, long-suffering, and forbearance of God in delaying execution of his righteous wrath. We consider the passage in Lamentations, chapter 2, and verses 22 and 23. 
It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. So mankind could be consumed immediately, but they are not, because of the great long-suffering and kindness of God. How remarkable to dwell upon this great characteristic of God. In Nehemiah chapter 9, we read about the great prayer of the Levites at the return of the Jewish remnant to Palestine. Here they narrate God's extreme goodness. Verses 16 to 20. But they and our fathers dealt proudly and hardened their necks and hearkened not unto thy commandments and refused to obey. Neither were mindful of thy wonders that thou didst among them, but hardened their necks and in their rebellion appointed a captain to return to their bondage. But thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and forsookest them not. Yea, when they had made them a molten calf, and said, This is thy God that brought thee up out of Egypt, and had wrought great provocations, yet... Thou in thy manifold mercies forsook them not in the wilderness. The pillar of the cloud departed not from them by day to lead them in the way, neither the pillar of fire by night to show them light and the way wherein they should go. Thou gavest also thy good spirit to instruct them and withheldest not the manna from their mouth and gavest them water for their thirst. Here we have the tender mercies and benevolences of God. And in verses 30 and 31, Yet many years didst thou forbear them, and testifiest against them by thy spirit in thy prophets. Yet would they not give ear. Therefore gavest thou them into the hand of the people of the lands. Nevertheless, for thy great mercy's sake, thou didst not utterly consume them, nor forsake them, for thou art a gracious and merciful God. How tender are these evidences of God's loving care. In the 103rd Psalm, verses 8 to 11, we have David expressing in great confidence the patience and mercy of God. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. How true this is. He hath not dealt with us after our sins. Thus we have manifested the long-suffering and loving-kindness of God. The 145th Psalm, verses 8 and 9, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. So the great compassion of God limits the exercise of his righteous anger. In Ezekiel chapter 2, Verses 1 to 8, we have narrated how God in great mercy delayed his judgment toward Israel. 
and sent the prophet Ezekiel to plead his case before them, hoping for their response. And he said unto me, Son of man, stand upon thy feet, and I will speak unto thee. And the Spirit entered into me when he spake unto me, and set me upon my feet, that I heard him that spake unto me. And he said unto me, Son of man, I send thee to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that hath rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me, even unto this very day. For they are imprudent children and stiff-hearted, I do send thee unto them, that thou shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God. And they, whether they will hear, or whether they will forbear, for they are a rebellious house, yet shall know that there hath been a prophet among them. And thou, son of man, be not afraid of them, neither be afraid of their words. Though briars and thorns be with thee, and thou doest dost dwell among scorpions, be not afraid of their words, nor be dismayed at their looks though they be a rebellious house, and thou shalt speak my words unto them, whether they will hear, or whether they will forbear, for they are most rebellious. But thou, son of man, hear what I say unto thee. Be not thou rebellious like that rebellious house. Open thy mouth and eat what I give thee. So the prophet tenderly had relationship with God, and went forth to plead the cause of God, a long-suffering God, a kind God. So we come to the New Testament and read in Matthew 5, verses 43 to 45, how the Lord Jesus, in admonishing men to love their enemies, referred to the great patience and long-suffering of the Father in providing the essentials of life to rebellious mankind. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good. He sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. So the, here we have manifested the kindness and mercy of God. In the sixth chapter of Luke, verse 35, we have the added thought that God is kind unto the unthankful and the evil. In the second chapter of Romans and verse 4, we have this assertion there of the tender mercies of God. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? So God is long-suffering. He is forbearing. He seeks to win men that they might be reconciled to him. In the ninth chapter of Romans, verse 22, we read, What if God willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. Here we have it narrated that God has endured with much long-suffering those who had fitted or prepared themselves for destruction by their great rebellion and special persistence in the ways of evil. We come to 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 20. There we have a reference back to the great flood that God had to bring upon the world of the ungodly, which sometime were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. 
So the apostle Peter refers to the great long-suffering of God before the flood, when the Godhead had become so grieved over sin that it was resolved to bring this great catastrophe. But instead of judging men immediately, God sent Noah on a 120-year preaching mission to warn the, of the coming flood by his words and by the great ark that he was building. In 2 Peter chapter 3 and verses 3 and 4, we read about the scoffers, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. So instead of appreciating God's long-suffering and patience, Peter affirmed that right up to the end time there would be scoffers who would mock and the delay in God's threatening judgment. How dreadful does this amazing attitude try the patience of God? But in chapter 3, verse 9, we read the reason for all of God's patient delays. And this is to, that all men might be saved. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So God hopes for the repentance and conversion of even the scoffers. What a marvelous display of long-suffering this is. Our Heavenly Father, we pray that many will respond to thy loving kindness by repenting of sin, coming to the cross of Jesus by faith and finding forgiveness and restoration to thy great heart of love. In Jesus' name, amen. 